Thank you so much for joining me once again on this live broadcast that I'm calling Laboring in Prayer. And I'm talking about intercessory prayer tonight, how important it is to pray for one another, especially our leaders and those on the front lines. But each one of us needs someone interceding for us in prayer. Hallelujah. Jesus is our intercessor as well. He's our mediator. He's our intercessor. He sits at the right hand of the Father, continually mediating and interceding for us. And saying to the Father, yes, that's that's our child. That's that's my son down there. Hallelujah. He's interceding for us, saying, my blood is upon that person. And they've been forgiven. He's one of ours. Hallelujah. So let's talk about that tonight. And let's begin with prayer. Father God, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for what you've done, for who you are, for spilling your blood first and foremost on the cross to sh to forgive us of our sins or that you've shed your your blood and you've given your one and only son to die for us lord we thank you help us to continually remind us to continually praise you to continually stay connected through prayer lord god and lord help us lord to speak your words help me to speak your words tonight and not my own i don't want to speak from my mind from my flesh or anything from me but i want to speak in your holy spirit tonight so lord empower me to do your work and to speak on the subject of intercessory prayer in jesus name Amen. So tonight, as I said, I'm going to be speaking on the subject of intercessory prayer, having burdens in prayer. And please don't jump off. If you're thinking about jumping off of this broadcast, don't jump off because this is more important than you think. The prophetic realm has a lot to do with intercession. You may have a list that you go down and pray for specific people or groups of people or churches or ministries or businesses. And that's that's great, but you need to tap into the prophetic realm when it comes to intercession, and you will have specific burdens and targets to hit, and we're going to talk about that tonight. So for a Christian, prayer is like breathing, and we can't possibly expect to fulfill God's will for our lives without a personal relationship with Jesus, which is cultivated, which is created and sustained through prayer, through having a prayer life. So let's turn to Colossians chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. Again, that's Colossians chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. I'll give you a minute to get there. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you are so good, Lord. You are so good. So Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you and those who are in Laodicea and those in Hierapolis. I started out talking about our personal prayer lives, and that's where relationship with God starts. That's where it starts with that prayer life, with speaking to Jesus, just opening your heart and beginning to talk to him like he's your friend. We know that he's our God, but he's also a friend. Amen. By faith, we speak and we believe that God hears us. In fact, without faith, it is impossible to to please God. It is impossible to please God, the Bible says. Leonard Ravenhill once said, no man is greater than his prayer life. And that's convicting. That's convicting for those of us who don't pray. And there's been times in my life where I didn't pray enough. And I want to tell you, it's not about quantity as much as it is quality. Quality. 
as you're praying, you know you're hitting targets. You're, you know you're praying the heart of God. When I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit on my prayers, when I know I'm praying for what God wants me to pray for, and I feel that thing being accomplished, I sense it being accomplished in the heavenlies. Hallelujah. I feel much more satisfied and content with my prayers than when I'm praying for hours and hours and I don't sense it's necessarily what God would have me pray in that hour. And I'm not saying that, you know, we should we should stop praying. If we're praying hours and hours, that's that's awesome. That's great. That's good that you're going down that list and praying for, for specific people that have uh, prayer requests that they've sent in. And I pray for prayer requests that people have sent in on a regular basis. And people send prayer requests through uh, through Messenger and, and many different ways and, and through many different forms. Um, and I pray for those. But God will lead you to specific prayer targets in the spirit as he leads you in the prophetic realm. And that's what I really want to touch on tonight. So each one of us, whether we realize it or not, has been given an assignment in prayer. We have a duty as believers to pray for our families, our churches, our regions, and those who are in our sphere of influence. Those who are in our sphere of influence. Who is that? That's our families. That's our friends. That's our co-workers. That's the people we see when we go to the store. They're in our sphere of influence. We're to pray for those people that they would get saved first and foremost because we see them and interact with them each and every day. And yes, I'm, I'm preaching this message. I'm teaching this message as an evangelist because I have a heart to see souls saved. If you don't have a heart to see souls saved, you need to ask God to give you a burden for the lost. Because what are we doing if we're not trying to live a life that's going to point people to Jesus? Really, the truth is we need to ask, ask ourselves, what are we doing with our lives? In this passage of scripture, that we just read, Paul describes Epaphras as one who is always laboring fervently for the Colossians in prayer. If you've ever asked the question, what is an ep what is a intercessor? Epaphras was. He had a specific burden to intercede in prayer for Colossae, Laodicea, and Hierapolis. He also had a specific reason as to why he was praying for the believers in these cities. And what was that reason? That they would stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. That's what he was praying for. Epaphras had a zeal for the saints in Colossae, Laodicea, and Hierapolis because of his burden in prayer. The burden that the Lord had placed upon his heart and impressed upon his very soul. And we all need to ask God for a specific burden, for specific assignments in prayer. So he prayed for them that they might live out their divine destiny in Christ. So there are so many who sense they have a prophetic gifting, and yet they haven't discerned the fact that they've been called to become intercessors. There's many of you right now questioning, what is my gifting? What is my calling? And you've been called to be an intercessor. Sometimes I've seen people go down the road of, you know, I want to be a preacher. 
I want to be this and I want to be that. I want to be a prophet. I want to be an apostle. And there's always that one of those fivefold ministries or fivefold minister positions that people go for when really they're not called to it. They're not anointed for it when really they should be interceding. And because it's in the background, it's a background kind of position where you're not in the limelight. They go for that position where the, where the people are going to see their face, where they're going to be in the limelight, and they miss their calling, and they get confused. And I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. I've seen people who've had visions, dreams, and words for nations, people, groups, churches, and individuals who never shared what God had revealed to them. And by not releasing those words, it hindered the flow of the Holy Spirit in their lives. It hindered their relationship with Jesus as well. As I already said, we all have an assignment in prayer, and I would even go further than that. I would even go further than that to say we should ask God for assignments in prayer to know what's on his heart in each and every moment. So I've known intercessors who who say, don't waste your time praying. You know, and these are seasoned intercessors that say, don't waste your time praying for something that you know isn't your assignment. And I, you know, I agree with that to an extent. So if you're being led, if you're going down a list and you're praying for this brother or this sister, and the Lord says all of a sudden, pray for Kenya, you know, go right into praying for Kenya. Don't, don't hesitate, but because there may be a need, there may be a need at that exact moment. And I've heard a lot of stories like this from all around the world, especially uh, I heard a I remember hearing a story that stands out in my mind from Lester Sumrall. He was, I forget what country he was in. He was in another nation preaching the gospel. He was on horseback and the group that he was riding on horseback with went ahead of him and he ended up falling off of his horse and he had a disease. He had some kind of dysentery, I believe, and he really was dying. So after he fell off his horse, because of being uh, being drained from this this thing that he was fighting in his body that he really didn't tell the other people about, he laid there dying and he was on his last breath when a woman that he had grown up with was interceding for him on the other side of the, the globe, on the other side of the world. And at that exact minute, to the to the minute, in that hour, to the minute, she began to pray for him. And it was because of those prayers that the, and the Lord uh, touched her. The Lord spoke to her and said, start to pray for, for Lester. And she began to pray for him. And later, a couple of years later, when he finally saw this woman again, she said, I had this burden for you this day and this time. And he realized that that was the moment that he had fallen off of the horse and almost died. And the Lord brought him back through intercessors through an intercessor that day. So I want you to understand how important this gifting is because a lot of times we don't talk about it in the church. We don't talk about this church that's, you know, in the background. It's a background kind of thing, but it's so important that we understand we need people filling these positions in our churches, in our ministries, and in our homes as well. 
So I want to warn you about something now. I want to warn you about something as I talk about intercession. It can sometimes be a scary thing to receive words in the prophetic realm, especially if you're new to this kind of thing. You know, you start hearing these words. You start, maybe you have thoughts that, that you know aren't your own or, or you have an impression on your spirit. Um, and if you don't know the word of God, especially if you're new to the prophetic, you may not know if it's of God. Okay, I've known people who become discouraged, confused, and in some cases have been tormented mentally because they weren't able to discern whether it was from the Lord, whether the word was from the Lord or from the enemy or from their own mind. Unfortunately, I've seen this lead to mental issues in some people who really rejected the gift. Okay, people that knew it was from God a lot of times and they rejected the gift and I saw mental issues begin to take place in their lives actually. So in these moments of confusion, when you don't know a word is from the Lord, I want you to go back to the five keys that I taught uh, either last week or the week before. I don't remember, but there were five keys that I gave on discerning a word from God. And I'm going to pray for you, uh, Brooke. I'm going to pray for you a little bit later. I see your prayer request there. Uh, you could go ahead and just stay on the line and I'm going to pray for you. Hallelujah. Stay on the broadcast, everyone that's watching. So five keys in discerning a word from God, whether it's from the Lord or whether it's from the enemy. And before we even go to those five keys, I want to tell you the first one that is really makes the most sense. And it's, it's a common sense kind of thing is go to the word of God. If your, if your prophetic word lines up with the word of God, then it's of God. You know, it's most likely of God if it lines up with the word of God. But here's five keys. Number one, does it reflect the character and nature of God? Let's say uh, someone, I saw someone give a prophetic word to a man and, and told him, and he was a married man and told him, you're going to, you know, you're going to fall in love with that woman down the street that just walked by. We know it's not of the character and nature of God, and it doesn't line up with the word of God because that would be adultery if he fell in love with her. OK, um, that was not of God. That was of the enemy or of that person's fleshly carnal mind. Number two, does it edify? Does it edify? Does it instruct? Does it build up? Does this prophecy do those things? Number three, does it glorify Jesus? The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It needs to glorify God. It needs to glorify Jesus if it's a word from God. Number four, did the word come true? God is going to give people that are accurate in the prophetic words that are accurate, words that are on target, words that come to pass. If someone's always prophesying and those things never come true, I really wouldn't listen to them. Number five, does the spirit of God within you bear witness? You know, many times, not all of the time, I'm going to tell you this, not all of the time, but many times someone will be prophesying and you'll sense from the Holy Spirit. You, if you know the touch of the Holy Spirit, if you know how the Holy Spirit feels when you sense him, if you know the voice of the Holy Spirit as someone else begins to prophesy or you begin to prophesy, you sense the touch of the Holy Spirit, the witness of the Holy Spirit. And that's another way that you can confirm a prophetic word. And these all work for intercessors as they receive words while they're praying or burdens while they're praying from God. 
So once you sense that a word is from God, immediately pray into it. And again, this message is for intercessors. So God is giving you a word, not necessarily to release by speaking it out like a prophet would or a prophetic word that's for someone or for a group or for a ministry. He's not necessarily going to have you speak it out, but he's going to have you pray into it. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. So being an intercessor in the modern church of America is often, as I spoke of already, is thought of as an undesirable, an undesirable position. And why is that? Because you're not in the limelight in this position. The reason for this mindset is our complacency as well. Many Christians today think that God will work it all out. He's a sovereign God. It's all going to be good. It's going to be okay. And that is true. He is a sovereign God, but there's things that we need to pray through. There's things that we need to see through in prayer. There's things that we are going to be burdened for, for a reason. God is not necessarily, or God is not giving you a word. He's not giving you a burden so you can just dismiss it and move on with your life and say, I'm going to do what I want to do. No, he wants you to pray into it and labor in prayer on it. So like when Abraham prayed for Sodom or when Moses interceded for the people of Israel or when Daniel prayed to identify with the sins of his people or when Jesus interceded for his followers and even those who would follow him in the future, we need to intercede for those who are suffering, for those who are, are oppressed, those who need healing and salvation. Through intercession, lives can be spared. The destiny of a nation can be altered. Souls can be saved and God's will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. Intercession is warfare. And as we pray and prophesy the promises, we need to remember that Jesus has already won the war. He won the war 2,000 years ago and we're to pray from this side of the cross, hallelujah, where it's already done. It is finished. It's already done. So we need to stand in victory. And anyone who knows anything about our authority in Christ needs to know we have that kingdom authority, that authority that's been purchased by the precious blood of Jesus. So if you're believing for healing, uh, those who have asked for healing here, if you need healing, if you need deliverance or whatever it is, begin to say with me, by his stripes, I am healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. By the blood of Jesus, I am healed. Hallelujah. I just believe Jesus is touching each one right now. That devils are fleeing. Devils flee in Jesus' name right now. Pain, go. I command you to go in Jesus' name. I command bodies to be healed in Jesus' name. And it's not by my authority, but by his authority that he has given me through his son. His son lives in me. Hallelujah. His son lives in you if you're a believer and follower of Jesus Christ. We need to know our authority and be confident in it if we're going to see miracles manifested. And we need to have an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus if we want to move in the miraculous. You can't just go around desiring miracles, desiring prophetic words without desiring Christ first. Or else you're going to end up with counterfeits. You're going to end up with witchcraft. You're going to end up in a dark realm because you went for the idol and not for the true and living God. So at one time... 
uh, I and a couple other people met in a small prayer group. And I want to tell you a story before I close. One night as I was praying for a list of needs, I got a call from a young man who had a nine-month-old son that was getting ready to die in the ER. And he called me. I remember that night vividly. He called me and said, please begin to pray. So as we were going down that list, as I, I talked about before, there's a list that you might have of people you're going to pray for. But as I got that call... I went right into prayer. The other two people had already left. And I remembered in the scriptures when Jesus just spoke the word. Jesus just spoke a word. He wasn't there. He didn't lay hands. And I, I didn't have the ability to lay hands on this child. But I spoke the word and I said, I command that baby to be healed. I speak a word of life. He shall live and not die. And I began to speak and I expected a result. I expected him to be healed. I expected, expected him to live, and he did. Hallelujah. Just an hour or two later, I got a call saying the baby is completely healed, and he's going to be just fine. Why? Why is it that some people pray and see results, and others pray and don't see anything happen? I'm going to tell you, the secret is expectation. It's not really a secret anymore because I just told you. You need to expect a result. Expectation is a breeding ground for miracles. So when you pray, expect it to happen. Jesus said, anything you ask for in my name shall be done. And we seem to forget that. We seem to think, you know, if it works, okay. If it doesn't, okay. No, that's not the authority we have. The authority we have says it shall be done in Jesus' name. And is it God's will to heal? Oh, yes, it's his will to heal today. It's his will to deliver today. It's his will to save you today. So if you want to put your faith in Jesus Christ, put your faith in him. Know that he died on the cross for your sins, that he rose from the grave, that he is Lord, that he is the son of God, that he is God. And that if you ask him to forgive you of your sins, you can be saved. Now, after that, you need to begin to follow him. It's not enough to just believe. Yes, we're saved by faith, but you need to follow him. His disciples, if they would have just put their faith in him and said, but I'm not going to follow you, they wouldn't have been walking out their salvation. They wouldn't have been walking out their salvation with fear and trembling. We need to follow him. Hallelujah. We need to follow him. And I challenge you after hearing this message to pray for a specific assignment or assignments multiple assignments in prayer as someone who's going to begin to intercede. You don't need to be an intercessor. You don't need to have the title of an intercessor to actually intercede on the behalf of others. So let's pray into that. Father God, we just pray right now, Lord, that you begin to just stir up your spirit. No, I feel your Holy Ghost moving. I feel your spirit moving, oh Lord. Yes, Lord, I sense your anointing. I've sensed your anointing this entire message, Lord, because this subject is so close to your heart. So I ask that you begin to reveal what the assignments are for each person that's watching or will watch this later, or whether it's for a nation, whether it's for a specific person, whether it's for a ministry, whether it's for a church, whether it's for a business, or whether it's multiple assignments that you're giving right now, Lord. Reveal it to the people, Lord, through a word, through an impression, through a dream, through a vision, whatever means uh, you're going to show them, Lord, show them now in Jesus' name. 
And I believe those who watch this, there's an anointing on this message. There's an anointing on the words that I have released because I'm speaking the truth of the word. That you are healed in Jesus' name. That you are delivered in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That you're receiving wholeness by the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for watching tonight. Thank you so much for supporting me week after week. I hope to see you again next week, right about this time. God bless you. Keep your hand to the plow and your eyes to the skies.